Hey, everybody. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. My name is April Lovett. And my name is Daryl Lovett. We've been together for five years, and we have a three-year-old sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and smiley baby boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we co-own The Lovett Company. That's right. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. Oh, yes. A relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we want to share with you how we manage to run our side business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we'll be talking about working towards success, overcoming failures, and just living our everyday lives. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk Concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they have found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Oh, hey, welcome back to Success in Black and White, the podcast. What's up, everybody? We are back in the house for you one more again. One more again. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm really excited about our topic. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. This is actually, we are starting a new series. Yes, a yes. new series, a leadership series. Mm-hmm. What are we calling it? The School of Leadership. School of Leadership, like of the course. School of Rock. Yeah, but better. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the School of Leadership. Yeah, the School of Leadership. All right. So I'm really excited about it. Like, was your what was your last boss like? the one before you ever worked here oh the one before i ever worked here yeah um i mean i don't know i hope he listens but he might not but if he is listening he had a lot of room for improvement (laughs) (laughs) well maybe we get to talk about the type of leader he is today yeah absolutely or was back then yeah But we'll talk about the type of leader because today we are going to talk about types of leaders. I'm all about it. Cool. So when you say types of leaders, are you talking about like the type of leaders that people have or the type of leaders that people are? Ooh, I feel like we could talk about both. I don't know. That was just a trick question. It's actually both. Oh, okay. (laughs) I fail. Do I fail the school leadership already? Any any answer would have been correct. Oh, I like those tests. So, yeah. well, luckily for you guys, there are no tests at the end of the school of leadership. Nope. Not oh, wait, I'm saying that, but we haven't recorded all of the episodes yet. So, so it might be a test at the end. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, my goodness. You never know. But we're really excited about this series because um, between Daryl and I, between the two of us, we have over two decades worth of leadership experience. Yes, a lot of years, a lot of years. Yeah, and we feel like we are very well equipped. I mean, obviously, we also have our business, and we've been doing this for a really long time, and we feel yes. like we are very well equipped to talk about leadership in a variety of capacities. Right. And so I'm excited to kind of put a baseline and just start talking about leadership on this podcast with this particular series in the School of Leadership. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that between the years of experience that we've had and then our own personal experience um, as leaders, um, also learning more about leadership 
and some of the leaders that we've had opportunity to work with or alongside um, has put us in a position to be able to help a lot of people improve in their leadership skills. So and one of the things that's a little different about April and I is um, I'm more of a practical person. So I share some of my leadership experiences and kind of share with you some of the things that have worked for me and that have not worked for me. And um, I'm more of the straight shooter when it comes to it, because it's so easy to go over and learn leadership uh, theories and philosophies and get stuck on just those theories and philosophies from the book. Oh, yeah. Like this is what the book says. And so this is what I should do. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't work like that. And it I've been never in works so like many situations yeah. to where, you know, I'm kind of like, well, the book said this, but that's not right for this situation or these circumstances. So um, I'm more of the practical person. So that's what I'm very excited about. Yeah. You kind of have to amend and, and or edit. Um, Definitely. Absolutely. And I think this is so important because, I mean, I feel like everybody, and we're really going to get into this um, throughout the series, but everybody has a chance to be a leader. And I think that a lot of people look at leadership like, well, I have to be in a position Mm -hmm. and I have to be in positional leadership, which just means that you have the title. Right. Like I'm the president or I'm the CEO or I'm the director. So I'm a leader. Or I'm not a leader because I'm not in those titles. Correct. Um, false. And we're going to talk this baseline, this beginning um, series about leadership. We're going to talk a lot about how you actually are a leader, no matter what your position or your title says you are. Um, so this first part, we're really going to be talking about the types of leaders so we can dig into that and so you can kind of identify your own leadership um, skills and styles. And then we're going to talk about leading down. So the people that you actually lead and the people who are maybe on your team or your organization. Right, right. And then we're going to talk about leading across. So maybe leading your peers or your colleagues and just leading the people that are equals to you. And we're also, this is probably one of the harder ones, but we're also going to talk about leading up. And so that's why I say that no matter what your position, no matter what your title, you can be a leader and you are a leader. And so we're going to talk to you about those things because you can start to exhibit those leadership skills so that even if you're not in a positional leadership or a leadership position where you have the title and everything now, you're probably going to want that. Someday, I assume a lot of people are striving to have a leadership position, and especially if you're listening to this podcast. And so we'll talk to you about how to start exhibiting some of those leadership skills. Maybe if you feel like I'm the lowest on the totem pole. Right, right. And what can I do to become a better leader so that I have opportunity to um, progress into those roles? Exactly. Exactly. So I am super excited for this series. Um, do we hit, do we have any life updates before we life updates? Jump in? <laughs> nah, I'm just excited about this. If I y'all can't too. tell, um, we teach a class, yeah. and in the class, obviously, it's a lot more um, depth to it than what we're going to be able to offer here. But I'm excited to be able to share some of what we have. Um, to others to help them become better leaders or at least venture down the road of becoming a leader if they're not 
Um, so I don't really have any life updates. I'm just excited to get this thing rocking and rolling. Yes. Well, then I just want to um, make sure that everybody does know this is not necessarily a life update, but I do want to make sure that everybody does know that they, if you have been rocking with us for this long, um, we are a couple tens of episodes in. I don't know exactly which one this is, but we have we've definitely done a couple podcast episodes. We've got some under our belt and we are happy and excited that you all are listening and just rocking with us. Yes. Um, if you want to further support us, please go check out the t-shirts that we're selling that right. are really spreading our message of success in black and white. And that is that is just in terms of both success um, in your personal life. It's in terms of success in relationships. It's in terms of success in work and business. Um, and that will just support our podcast. The shirts right. are awesome. They, they are, are nice. super high quality. Yes, very nice. That really soft cotton that you just want to like lay in and then like sleep in and then <laughs> never want to change. Right. It's just a really uh, good quality cotton. Yes. Um, and then we do have a variety of colors for both men and women and both men and women's cuts. Um, so go check it out. Go to our website, the success in black and white <laughs> Oh my goodness. I just had to look at them to verify. Yeah. No, it is success yeah. in black and white.com and you'll yes. see a shop and you'll see the shop tab, uh, mm-hmm. at the top and you can click on it. It'll take you right to it. So, yes. Yeah. So go pick up yours. It will definitely help us and keep us going, keep our podcast going. Yes. Um, but it's also a really good look and they're really super comfortable. Definitely. Great weekend and highly recommended, yeah. highly recommended. Yeah. So let's jump into this episode. Um, very excited. We're going to start off talking about types of leaders. Yep. So I think, um, what I'll do is, is if everyone doesn't know if this is your first time listening, April is the notes person. (laughs) So I will yield to her on the actual like terms that we're going to be using and the definitions, because I'm sure she has, notes to go along with it and then I do have my bullets (laughs) my bullets in front of me to keep me on task and I'll just kind of chime in and kind of share some of my experiences and some of um, my expertise um, along with what you are um, explaining and and um, going over so I think let's take that approach sounds good Um, of course I always have notes (laughs) so the first leadership style oh so I should preface this with the leadership styles I think um it can be there are a lot of leadership styles out there let's start there definitely um the ones we chose are actually pretty universal and span a variety of theoretical leadership concepts and so we feel like we were pretty uh broad reaching in general when we talk about these as in like more than one theoretical leadership concept talks about these. Right. right. Um, but there may be some that are not on our list that we end up talking about, which is perfectly fine. For instance, I know of one on here that is definitely the way that you lead. Um, or no, it's not on here and it's definitely the way that you lead. And so, um, I think we can dive into that a little bit. 
Okay, perfect. But I do want to go through these because these are important leadership qualities and styles and um, people need to know what they are. So the first one is the transformational leader. And transformational leaders can really inspire others through effective communication and just by creating an environment that's stimulating to people, um, to their employees. Okay. And so with these, the positives of these leaders are that they're very inspirational and they can gather the troops. Um, The negative is that people may perceive that they're kind of the like visionary blue sky thinkers that maybe are not as detail oriented. Okay. So have you, uh, A, would you say that this is a leadership style that you identify with? Um, overall or at times and or have you seen this leadership style in action? Yes, um, to having seen this leadership style in action. It's, it's not one that I typically um, kind of fall back on, um, but there are times where like small components of this leadership style kind of comes through. Definitely when you're inspiring others and you're um, trying to like gather the troops and get them ready to go. Um, But most of the time, I mean, you know, I'm very detail oriented and process oriented. Yeah, you are. Um, But that's for like a bigger picture, like the bigger goal. So I know that with this, like when you're talking about transformational, like you're looking for something to happen like pretty quick. Like you're ready to like make a transformation and make some adjustments and then go with it. Um, so it's not typically one that I fall back on, but I have been in situations to where I've seen this style go into play and with it, like it typically is reoccurring like over and over. So it's like transformational leader, come in, inspire everybody. Here's the vision. It's communicated. Boom, let's go. And then it's like, they have to come back in again right? and do it all over again. And then they have to come back in again and do it all over again. So it's kind of like repetitive. Right. And you're just keep coming in and you just keep um, going through and inspiring and, and basically transforming what's going on. And then once you get that done and it kind of settles in and you come back in and do it all over again. So when you talk about sustainable, um, it's not one that I've personally witnessed that have been sustainable because they keep coming back over and over and over Because once someone is not inspired, once someone is not motivated or the communication has changed or the goal has changed or the troops have scattered again to kind of bring them back together. So um, just based on my personal experience and and having worked under someone like this, where they always come in and they communicate and they got this vision and they're inspiring us and they're gathering all the troops. And then like very shortly afterwards, or if the goal is accomplished, everybody just kind of go back to doing their own thing again. Interesting. So this is so funny because um, as a leader myself, I approach leadership from a very integrative style. So mm-hmm. I incorporate as, as do you, as do most people, I think right. you incorporate a lot of different styles and obviously we're going to get into different styles, um, throughout the series, but, um, I consider myself to have, to be a transformational leader. Okay. And the reason I think about this is because, um, 
this is how I often was able to get work done. And additionally, this was what energized me to get work done. Uh, I am not a detail person. Mm-hmm. And I know that. And luckily, I know that. And it's not threatening to me that I'm not a detail-oriented person. Right. So I know, like, for instance, the way that you and I work, I know that... Um, well, and we've both done this. Like, I guess maybe not you and I, because we're really a two-person show, so it may not be the best example. Right. But I know that even in my full-time job where there are a lot of people that I'm leading or that I'm, you know, we'll talk about leading down, leading across, leading up. So no matter what part of that I'm in, um, I'm typically the person that has a vision, that has a um, idea of something that I want to see happen in the organization or right. see change. <laughs> and I don't, I need the people to be inspired by what I'm talking about in order to achieve that vision. Right. And I can think of a multitude of projects just in the past couple of years that I've come in and been like, this needs to change. I'm super passionate about it. Here's why. And then I rally troops who are detail oriented, who can do some of that work for me. And then I kind of, not that I duck out, but then it's not in my strength zone anymore because right. it's too detail oriented. Yeah, see? So then I'll think of something else and then come back to rally yep. the same troops. <laughs> so it's exactly what you said. Yeah. And that's exactly what I do. I don't know. I think sometimes it can be a negative thing because people might be like, well, this person comes in and they give us this idea and then they kind of like duck out a little bit or they may not they may not have the ability to do all the work but maybe that's not that person's role maybe that yeah. person's role is to be the visionary and to create the idea right um, and to get everybody else excited about it so I think that's an interesting hmm. I think that there's pros and cons for sure yeah definitely yeah. Uh, so the next type of leader is a transactional leader. Um, this type of leader focuses on group organization and bringing order to where they're at. Um, the most important thing for transactional leaders are very clear chains of command, right? Okay. So the positives of these types of leaders is that they're very effective for achieving goals and especially like short-term goals. Like we've got deadline in a week. Let's get it done. We need to make sure we're going through chain of t- command. Um, maybe being in a very bureaucratic organization is probably um is probably good for these people. Um, A con to this type of leadership style is that it's not as effective for problem solving. Um, And so employees just usually, or the people who are reporting to this leader are usually not meeting their full potential, whether that's creative potential or just problem solving potential or critical thinking potential. Right, right. They're just not really reaching it because they don't have to. They're not required. They're not expected. They're not asked to, right, with a transactional leader. Hmm. So have you seen this or have you had to be this? Um, There was one role where I did have to be this that immediately comes to mind. And the reason being is um, because we were trying to accomplish some very um, important and detailed tasks but in a very timely manner. So when you talk about, I think you use the short term goals. So when you're talking about like right now, we got to get this done y'all. Um, so, so let's figure it out. Um, you need to, you know, fall in line here, make sure you communicate with this person. You need to fall in line here, make sure you communicate with this person. And that's where the chain of command came in 
And that's where like the achieving the goal was important. Um, now here's the kicker to it. We ran into so many issues, but the challenge was is that everybody was kind of isolated in their own lanes trying to accomplish their parts to the short-term goal. When you're talking about chain of command, nobody oh. would step outside of their line to solve the problem. So oh. that's where you run into like, okay, you come to a halt and then you have to kind of regather everybody and right. be like, all right, we got a new short-term goal. You here, you here, you here. Let's figure this out. Um, whereas it wasn't as efficient or effective with solving problems that arose. So therefore, when you're talking about chain of command, you were just hoping that everybody knew what their role was and what they were supposed to be doing. And you would line them up and let them know what the short term goal was and bring in order and setting everybody on their way and hoping that we made it through um, to accomplish whatever it was set out to be. And where this typically um, happened for me was during like seasons. So in my jobs, there were you know, sometimes certain seasons where certain things had to be done and it was a short term um, in that moment and in that season. And then after that, it kind of went back to the general sense of normal operations. Um, so that what do you mean by seasons? seasons. Yeah. So seasons mean like um, between certain months, there are certain things that occurred uh. that you had to have done within those certain months. And then like budget within a certain period of time during a fiscal year. I gotcha. So you have a couple of months and you know, like, this is the budget time. We got to get this budget done. This is short term goal. Crunch. Yeah, crunch. So you have to get this done. And that's what I mean by season. Ah, Um, okay. And that's where this this really comes in. It's like chain of command. All right. So you need to get this. Then you need to run it by your supervisor and then they need to run it by budget manager and the budget manager needs to run it by the director and so forth and so on. Right. Um, So that's kind of where that comes in at. But once again, like I said earlier, it's not one that I initially like fall back to when you're talking about big picture, you're talking about overall leading, a group it's just not one that I do but for those um goals or those short-term goals or those seasons definitely I use it gotcha so I see this often now um and like I said I've seen a bunch of different leadership styles I've had to use a bunch of different leadership styles um throughout my career And I see this a lot more now because, and a lot of you know, um, if you've been listening to us for a while that I, you know, made a move, um, in my full-time job and I love it. Um, it's a lot more like I'm in a very high ranking office now. I work in a high ranking office. Um, and so what that means is that transactional leadership is actually super, super important and chains of command are super important. And I think this is a lesson for me because, I didn't used to think that this was super important. I used to think like employees need to have creative freedom and to be able to do whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. But I work at a very large organization. We work at a very large organization. And so to have to have those transactional leadership styles in play is imperative to the function of the organization. Definitely. Clear chains of command are super important. And so I'm kind of learning that. And um, I've had to readjust my way of thinking, but it actually makes complete sense. And so if you're thinking like this sounds kind of stifling um, in the way that it's described, I 
I probably would have thought that as well. And now that I'm in a role that there needs to be transactional leadership and I need to have chains of command um, because it's such a large organization, um, it's actually it's actually probably one of the best ways that you can run an organization, especially a very large one and especially one that's, you know, kind of political or in the political realm. Um, so there's definitely times that this is a really good leadership style to both have and to fall under. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the next, the next leadership style is servant leader. And so I feel like people Mm. definitely heard of this. Mm. A servant leader is a leader who prefers power sharing models of authority and they prioritize the needs of the team as well as encourage collective decision making. Um, this type of leadership can improve diversity and boost morale, um, but the negative to these types of leaders is that they they may be perceived like they lack authority and they could suffer a conflict of interest by putting their followers' needs above business objectives. Don't even get me started on this. <laughs> I want to get you started. Oh, my. Let's hear it. Word. What do you think about servant leadership? Have you seen it? Have you displayed it? Have you seen it be good? Have you seen it be bad? Like, what have you seen? So, not to spend all day on this, <laughs> okay. but a lot of people will say that they are servant leaders and they are absolutely not servant leaders. Ooh. It is one of those things that just sounds good and, and it sounds fitting when you're in certain settings and people are like, I am a servant leader and I'm like, if you don't go sit your servant leader face self down somewhere, <laughs> like it just sounds like the right thing to say. And people misinterpret what it is and what it means. Uh, and then they say that they're servant leaders and they're really not. And just because you didn't did something for somebody or help somebody out or, or, or um, been a part of an organization that has done something to help people, then you're classifying yourself as a servant leader. Mm. so anyways i'll stop there not to bash <laughs> nobody i mean if you're a servant leader or you feel like you're a servant leader more power to you carry on um but well so what type of have you have you seen any types of leaders that they say they're servant leaders and they're they actually are? actually yes yes i definitely have oh, okay. um and, and the way that you explained it is when you're a servant leader Obviously, that means that you're you're serving, but the capacity that you're serving in is what's important and what determines according to the way that this is defined if you're a servant leader. So that means you're leading, but you're serving the people that you're leading. Some people think that it's about serving like not the people that are leading, but other people. So, for instance, here we go. Here we go. So, for instance, Oh, I'm out here. I'm collecting food for this organization that feeds the hungry. So I'm serving the 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 hungry people. So therefore, I'm a servant leader. Uh, I'm like, what? (laughs) Okay. who are you leading? What are you leading? That's a great cause and I'm all for it. But that doesn't make you a servant leader. Good point. That means that you're doing a good deed. You know what I mean? Now, if you have a group of people and you're leading them, but you're serving them through your actions and through some of your methods and through some of your um, ways of getting things done, such as you're sharing 
you're prioritizing the needs of the team. You're encouraging them collectively. You're boosting morale. That's you serving them to be better in their roles, which will then make you a successful leader. That's a servant leader, serving the people in the way that you help them be effective and efficient, which comes back around full circle and help you be successful as a leader. That's a servant leader. So when people out here doing good deeds and then classifying themselves as leader and then saying, I'm a servant leader because I serve this organization or I serve this group in a way of handing out sandwiches, you ain't no servant leader. Go sit down somewhere. I mean, you're still important. Like you are. Those are great deeds and those are great things. Now, not a servant. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me, let me make this disclaimer. This is, this is Daryl talking right now. (laughs) And this is how I feel about it because I see this all the time and I hear this all the time and people are doing great things, which is needed and, and very much appreciated. And then classifying themselves as servant leaders. I'm like, no, you're not a servant leader because you're not leading people and you're not serving people that you're leading to make them more effective so that they can do what they need to, which will then bring success to what the overall objective is that you're leading. Ooh. And that's the end of my soapbox on that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like that was a mic drop. Yeah. So I don't I don't even have anything else to say because I totally agree with you. Um, I don't want to discourage anybody from doing the good deeds. Though. No, you absolutely yeah, go do should. the good deeds. But get- I think it's just under, like you said, understanding the difference between being in servant ship, yes. maybe like a philanthropy, and you're serving yes, others. Correct. And the difference in that, and actually being a servant leader. Leader. Correct. Yes. We're talking about leadership style. So if somebody's like. Oh, you know, what type of leader are you? If you're in an interview or something you're like I'm a servant leader, I'm like, tell me what you did to be a servant leader. I uh, passed out sandwiches. Go sit down somewhere before I take this sandwich. And anyways, what's the best action that you've ever seen a servant leader? The best have? action? Yeah. Like, what's the best thing you've seen a servant leader do for their followers that uh, makes them servant? Right. So, um, and, and I've per- personally been a part of this and had someone that I identify as a servant leader and and I'll share this example um, and and hopefully it'll bring light to it so for instant the organization that I was a part of um, it was a group of us and we were under the leadership of this certain person and this certain person had an opportunity to go and be a part of something that was a great opportunity a great experience for them as well as would have been for us and as they planned and set out to go be a part of this, they asked and fought for all of us to be able to take part and experience this, which kind of gave us more insight on the overall objective that was was going on. So basically what it was, is it was this um, I don't want to say like a workshop, but it was like a series of different events and the the director at that time had an opportunity to go and was invited to go and said that I think this would be a great opportunity for all of my, my staff members in this capacity to go and attend this. Right. Uh, Yeah. He could have easily said, well, I'm guessing I'm going to probably give it away. But anyways, he could have easily said, Oh, thank you so much. And went by himself and went and, and 
kind of experienced that and then came back and was like, okay, everybody. Like, this, here's what we need yeah, to do. Yeah, here's what we need to do. Get on board. But I think when you're talking about a servant leader, he served us in a way of giving us an opportunity to firsthand experience exactly what he was experiencing, but also to gain knowledge and insight uh-huh. on what we needed to to accomplish what our overall objective was which by us being able to go and by him inviting us that inspired us even more and wow. once we caught wind of what was going on we came back we were ready to go and we were very successful and it came full circle and, and helped him so i say he served us by giving us the opportunity to even just go and asking on our behalf because he could he was the only person that was invited he could have easily said oh yeah sure i'll be there and right. then came back and was like hey everybody guess what i went here and i learned this and um this is what we need to do and this is where we're trying to go awesome yeah so that that's a that's an example that immediately popped into my head um and, and i was a part of that group and i actually had a chance to go and i sat in during the i guess it was like a series of workshops and i learned so much about where the organization was going and i had a chance to meet some some pretty amazing people and like i said when we came back we were fired up we were ready to go and i feel like he served us by giving us the opportunity that he didn't have to give us that wasn't offered to us that was offered only to him wow that's awesome yeah true servant leader right there i know well that's my example of one and that's immediately what came to my mind that's a really good one Um, Okay, so the next type of leadership style is the autocratic leader. So this type of leader has significant control of staff and rarely considers workers' suggestions or shares their power with other people. Um, This type of leadership style, it says, is best used in job situations that are maybe very routine or just have very limited skill sets. So where you need somebody who can just tell people what needs to get done and they just get it done. No questions asked. Um, The negative, I mean, I feel like the definition itself is almost a negative, but the negative to this is that this person is seen as ruling with an iron fist, so to speak. Mm. Um, and this can lead to high turnover and absenteeism. Right. Um, have you ever been in a work situation like this? I sure have. Really? Yeah. When I was packing oranges and grapefruits <laughs> during the summer. I forgot you did that. Yeah. I- <laughs> One summer, I decided to work at Hell Groves, and I was packing um, oranges and grapefruits, and we had the autocratic leader up top, and he looked down over everybody, and we couldn't say anything. We couldn't make any recommendations, or none of that was taken into consideration, and um, we packed those boxes, and that's what we were expected to do, and he stood up high, down low, and made sure everything moved accordingly and you know what you just said about apps uh app being absent from work and then the turnover right oh man i seen so much of that all the time all the time like i could be working on assembly line packing some oranges and grapefruits and turn to my right and turn to my left and one of them two people was going to be different every other week wow yeah so how long did how long did you last there oh man you know me like if i'm committed to something and 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 dedicated to something i'm a last um not to say that i wasn't trying to get that paycheck either and it was easy work i didn't have to think i just had to show up and listen to the autocratic leader at the top 
say pack them oranges, pack them grapefruit, slide it down the assembly line, and I was good to go. So it was easy work for me, easy money, um, and, and I stuck it out um, as long as possible because I wasn't really in there trying to make no changes or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't trying to make no changes. I really didn't have no suggestions or recommendations. Uh, my only suggestion was y'all could give us some free oranges or free grapefruits during snack time. <laughs> you know, or not snack time, but during break. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, it's break. All these oranges in here, let me get one. Right. You know, but nah, they didn't do that, though. No, of course they didn't. I ain't going to say I didn't take a few every now and then, but <gasps> don't tell nobody that. Uh, I won't tell anybody. That was a long time ago, y'all. I don't steal no more. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> orange thief i know it was stealing but it was true. it yes. was that's what we will teach a long time ago yes. i don't steal no more man <laughs> um i'm trying to think of it i know there was definitely one time that i worked in this type of atmosphere and i i saw why i saw the need for it and i think it's true about the type of work is either extremely routine for me right the type of work was extremely difficult work mm. and it wasn't like intellectually difficult it was very physically difficult work. oh wow yeah that's that's the worst yeah and so I, this is where i've seen this type of leadership come into play um this is so you can hear a little bit more about this story if you want to go back and listen to our episode um started from the bottom and oh, now we're here yeah um <laughs> where i tell about my worst job i've ever had yeah uh which you guys will have to go back and listen because it's fairly entertaining and how i eventually quit that job mm-hmm. um we'll put that episode name in the show notes so you can go back and look or listen not look, listen. Um, but that type of leadership at that job. So it was very, um, it was very, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It was very well managed. Like, uh, that's probably not even the word I'm looking for, but basically everything was consistent. You had to be laid out for you. Yeah. Like you had, like for instance, if you didn't punch in at a certain time, like you got two minutes over that time. And if you didn't punch in by then you were going to lose your job, like no questions asked. And so I saw, it didn't matter what happened. One day I was running late and I was driving like 80 in the 35 so that I couldn't, so I wouldn't lose my job. And I got pulled over by the cops literally going like it was probably close to 80 in the 35. And I was so worried. I was like, I'm going to be 10 minutes late. I'm going to lose my job. And when the cop pulled me over, I mean, obviously like I should have gotten a ticket. And he said, what are you like? What are you thinking? What are you doing? And I was like close to tears. And I said, I'm going to be late for my job. And like, that's not a good excuse, young lady. And I was like, I work for, I don't want to name the company, but I work for such and such company. And he goes, oh, he said, I'm going to give you a warning this time, but you need to go. (laughs) And so even the cops knew. Man. Yeah. And I was about to say something else, but I ain't going to say it. Okay. Well, don't, 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 don't ask me to say it. We're We can't get caught up in the, and we're, we're not talking about interracial relationships right now. Is that where you're, where you're going to go? Privilege. (laughs) Privilege. Yes. I don't disagree with you. I do agree with that. Um, Anyways, not go ahead. But the point of the story was that was how even the cops knew how, how ridiculous and rigorous that organization was. (laughs) And so, but we saw it all the time and it was really the type of work. Um, So I saw high turnover in that job. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of absenteeism. Because you ended up quitting. (laughs) I did end up quitting. That's right. But I did last longer. I lasted two months longer than everybody there gave me. So I'm really proud of that. Good, good. Yeah. 
So the next type of leadership style is the laissez-faire leadership. And if you are a laissez-faire leader, then you use a very hands-off approach and you let employees do the tasks that they see fit to meet the mission of the organization without much guidance from you at all. The positive in this is that it's effective in places where employees are very experienced, very credentialed, or they really need creative freedom. So maybe like marketing, um, that kind of job. Uh, The downside to this is that work standards could easily slip if leaders don't communicate their expectations over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I definitely use this one. Um, And... I mean, I've been told up front, like <laughs> that's the type of leader that, that yeah. when I'm using this, right. um, it, it's not so. Mm, <laughs> I use it um, because I, I do like to kind of let people explore what's best for them, right? And, and that's why I give that, you know. I give the hands or I take the hands off approach and, and give the employees the opportunity to experience some things and use their creative freedom. Um, but I've also been told that <laughs> um, communicating the expectations um, doesn't come as often as they would like. Uh, but here's yeah. the thing. This is me and and and, it, and, it, and it's a flaw of mine and it's something that I'm continuously working on is that. I'm very upfront. So whenever I have expectations or there's a goal or objective that we're trying to accomplish, I tell you everything up front. And in my mindset, my expectation is for you to know that and keep that until I come to you and tell you that it's changed. Right. But some people need reminders. Yes. And, and, and when I take this approach and I let you use your creative freedom and, and I let you experience things and I kind of let you take what the vision is and go with it and fulfill your end of the of the bargain um, for accomplishing it. Um, that's when I'm just like, all right, as long as nothing changes, I'm not coming back to you to bother you again until you come to me with results. And then if you don't come to me with those results, then I'm coming back at you. And when I do that, typically they're like, oh, it would have been nice to have the expectations communicated to me again or a little bit more often. Or even if they're the same, just saying, hey, we're still on track with X, Y, Z expectations. And that's something that, you know, I'm continuously working on because I do like to take the hands off approach. I tell you everything you need to know up front. And I'm like, take it and run with it and go and be successful at accomplishing your goals because it's going to help the overall mission that we're trying to accomplish. So I do use this style and I use it fairly often, um, but also trying to take into consideration some of the feedback that I receive from people that I have uh, led and that have shared um, that with me. Yeah, I think that's so important um, to be able to to take feedback and to make adjustments if you need to. Definitely. Um, I two thoughts on this type, this style, the laissez-faire leadership. First of all, I think that like for me specifically, this is my preferred leadership style mm-hmm. and method, and that's <laughs> because I hate micromanaging anybody. Yeah, I feel like. If I'm and I've been in spaces where I've had to be more hands on later 
Um, I've been in spaces where I could be a laissez-faire leader and I prefer it because I feel like I'm going to hire the expert that I need to do the job that I need, who has the skill set I need. And if I have to come back and check up on you, you're not the right person for that job. (laughs) And I don't think, I don't think that's exactly the best approach to take, but it's just my preferred style. Like if I lived in a perfect world, I'm kind of like you, like I'm just giving one direction and then you take the project. I don't care. I don't care about process. Take it. Do what you need to do with it. Finish the job. Come back to me with exactly what I asked for. And however you got there, I could care less. Right. Right. And so that's my first thought. And then my second thought was really just to, um, as you were talking through this about expectations and about people needing that, it really got me thinking about how we talk often about, uh, generational differences right. in the oh, yeah. workplace mm-hmm. and how maybe younger generations are coming in and they're just kind of have this already expected um they want expectations right they and, do but then on top of expectations they want continuous feedback right mm-hmm. and i think that it's going to be important i'm not going to say like there's a right way or there's a wrong way or it should be done this way or i prefer it to be done this way because i think that's just an adjustment that as leaders who are becoming more seasoned right um we have to figure out how to work with the people that are coming through and coming in And so it's how do we incorporate the need for clearly laid out expectations and the need for follow up feedback all the time. Absolutely. And and that's tough. Um, You know, like you said, with the generational differences um, of the people that's in the in the workforce to make those adjustments, because for me, like I said, I give you the expectations up front and my expectation is that you will remember them and you will take them and you will go. And that doesn't work for everyone. Right. And understanding that those reminders are important. The reassurance is important. The confirmation is important. And some people need those and you have to incorporate that into your leadership style and make those adjustments. So I think that's very important. Absolutely. Um, so this has been an awesome discussion. Yes. I almost hate cutting it, but we really have to because we have, oh my goodness. A couple yeah, more. Have, yeah, like four or so more leadership styles to get through. And I know, I know we have stories for all of them because, right. you know, that's what we do. We always have stories. So, um, we are going to continue this discussion in next week's episode. Right. Um, of the podcast. And, um, in the meantime, if you guys have, any questions about leadership or anything that you would like us to address in the School of Leadership series, make sure that you hit us up. You can um, you can communicate with us through our social media networks are probably the best. Right. And so you can find me on any social media platform at April Dawn Lovett. Um, and that's Dawn, D-A-W-N. So April Dawn Love it, my full name altogether, or Daryl 
at I am Daryl Lovett. Um, so find us on any one of those platforms and ask us questions that you might have about leadership so that we might be able to um, address them in the series. That's right. And we're going to come back at you next time and finish up on the different um, leadership styles and hopefully help you identify which one is fitting for you or which ones you use or just give you brief understanding of what the different leadership styles are in case you encounter someone and you're like, oh, wow, this is the type of leader um, that this person is. So um, the next time we'll come back and finish up the leadership styles and keep it moving. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. For now, we're signing off until the next time. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. If you like today's episode, please subscribe to the Success in Black and White podcast. You'll get notified every time a new episode is posted, which is every Tuesday. If you loved this episode, help us spread the love. Rate and leave a review on our iTunes podcast episode. Also, share that you listen on social media and tag us on your posts. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all social media platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all social media platforms as well. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh, you sound like Keith Sweat. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Ugh. laughs> oh. Oh, did it record? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>